everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of my k-drama podcast show thing that I do this is what I do I, I chat about k-drama that's what I'm doing um so today I'm here to chat with you guys about a romantic romantic yeah just a romantic drama I guess I guess the whole thing is the romance uh which is called Our Beloved Summer so Our Beloved Summer came out the very, very end of 2021, but really carried across, I think, most of its runtime. Maybe? Is that right? Anyway, who cares? 2022. Uh, it is a 16-episode drama, and I don't know if this was a net. I don't think it was a Netflix one. Anyway, probably doesn't matter. It's called Our Beloved Summer. Wow, I'm really all over the place with this one, aren't I? <laughs> I'm doing so well. Uh, yeah, so anyway, this is a drama, and I watched it. It exists. Um, yes. So my general thoughts, I guess, of um, Our Beloved Summer was that it it kind of just was this very aesthetically pleasing and also it pleased my ears a lot with some very, very beautiful like OST soundtrack stuff. Really liked some songs on this one. Um, but I feel like for me, it was the overall atmosphere and vibes. Like it's just this very kind of beautiful looking drama and even though a lot of the drama when I think about it is not set during summer it just has this kind of warmth kind of summery vibes to it or maybe like cozy cozy that's the word I'm looking for the whole fucking thing feels cozy as fuck that's what it feels like um so I really liked it and I think what I liked the most was that aesthetic um which is really created by the way it looks I think by maybe actually by it it does have a slower pacing like it is almost leaning into slice of life territory except that you know it has a lot of k-drama tropes that you know keep the plot running a lot of entanglements a lot of you know romantic conflicts and stuff so it's not fully slice of life in a way that it's got no drama or no heightened you know romance elements or anything but I do think it kind of leans into that vibe of just very warm and cozy very sweet, very gentle and lovely. And 
I do think like I really ran through the first, I want to say maybe 10 episodes or something with just a big smile on my face because it felt like a joy, like, you know, a really breezy joy to watch. It was just really, really charming and nice. Um, I will talk about it a bit later, but I did personally, for me, the ending just sort of petered out a little bit for me. But I also think that that is probably a very, very personal taste reaction for me uh, and something that I imagine a a lot of um, listeners who've already watched the drama, I'm really like, I feel like that will be just a very personal thing for me, maybe some other people too, but I'm not sure that that will be like a general experience. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't think the ending was bad. I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, but I have a personal kind of thing that my favorite part of any drama romance drama <laughs> talking about romance tropes right now so my favorite kind of like romance thing is watching a couple get together I love watching people fall in love and you know kiss basically yeah look I'll be shallow I'll say it I like watching them kiss at the end of you know a really long build-up of tension and will they won't they and of course you know they will but like there's always that when will they so I love that that's my absolute favorite part of romance um, as a genre I suppose like whether I'm reading it or watching it but I also have a tendency to very quickly lose interest once a couple gets together in books, movies, dramas. Um, so those kind of stories that, you know, so many stories finish with the couple getting together. So that, you know, that never loses that tension for me. It usually keeps me watching to the end because I need to see them get together. But a show like this, where the couple actually gets together quite a few episodes before the end, and then, you know, as a mature couple, they have to work out their differences. They have different dreams. They have different expectations. They have different wounds and emotional, like, traumas. And they have to work through these things as a couple. And on top of that, they have loads of sweet couple moments. I just spoiled the ending. <laughs> anyway, so they have loads of sweet couple moments. And one of the weirdest things for me is there is very rarely a drama where a couple will get together and have sweet couple moments and I will like really really be keen on watching that isn't that weird I find like that seems really weird for like an avid romance fan so I don't know if other people are like this um but this yeah it's just how I feel and so I think it's a really personal thing that for me when the couple the main couple gets together I was kind of oh they're together. Yay. And then I just noticed, like, I still really enjoyed the drama and I was still, I was still invested in their romance and invested in seeing how they'd make it work. But I did notice that I wasn't like reaching for the next episode quite as quickly as I had been when I was like, how are they going to get together? How are they going to, you know, fall in love? Who's going to confess? Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, like I said, that's a very, very a personal thing. And, um, I'm sure a lot of listeners and watchers of this drama won't exactly have that experience. So maybe it doesn't peter out for you. But yeah, for me, it kind of did. Uh, but only a little bit. But I'll talk about that later when I chat about the ending. So um, why did I watch Our Beloved Summer? That's kind of interesting and I don't really know. I feel like... Uh, I feel like, so on Patreon, I do like, you know, what I'm watching at the moment and then all the lovely listeners generally write what they've been watching and I get to read, you know, their kind of opinions on dramas and, you know, because everyone's an avid K-drama obsessive, just the same as me, everyone tends to be watching a lot of currently airing shows and it's really great for me because I get to kind of 
I don't know, suss out people's feelings around things that are out that I'm kind of like, oh yeah, maybe I'll watch that or will I watch that? And I feel that this one, Our Beloved Summer, when it came out, you know, it wasn't something I was particularly anticipating like hugely, but it did look really cute in the preview. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll probably watch that. Like I particularly like the actor, um, Cheushik, who plays, you know, the male lead. I really like him. So I was like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. He's not, he's, you know, he's not in that many dramas. So I think I'd, I'd like to see that. But at the same time, maybe because it is such a gentle romance drama, it's not like, you know, it's got a mad kind of hook or plot that you're going to be like, wow, that, that plot sounds interesting. Basically, I'm talking about like, you know, a murder drama or something. Because I love murder dramas, apparently. <laughs> Weird. Um, murder and romance, my two favorite things. Oh my gosh. Anyway, my point was I... Just wasn't sure. And I think this one might have kind of gone on the back burner for a lot longer, except that I really started reading comments from, um, you know, K-drama fans that were really saying this one was charming. It was special. It was lovely. And so I dived in and I'm really, really glad I did um, because I do, I do totally agree. And even though I have my, you know, slight quibbles about the ending, just slowing down and pacing for me and me being slightly less obsessed with the drama at the end. Um, for the, for the most part, for me, this was just fully immersive. It was absolutely really charming and beautiful and just the aesthetic and the vibes of it, I think are my absolute favorite thing about it. And the romance was really interesting actually when I think about it because the setup is quite different to what we normally see in dramas which is you know I think quite often you're exploring romance through a couple that are meeting and falling in love was this is really like a second chance romance right is that what you call it so like you know they're they're meeting again after having a terrible breakup and we're sort of exploring how they initially got together but that does not get as much time as how do they get back together? How do they work through all this baggage? How do they meet each other in the middle again? And also, you know, there's some very serious wounds that they've dealt each other in the past. So I think that's, it's a very interesting and maybe slight, slightly more mature relationship that's getting kind of delved into. And I really liked that because that felt fresh and different. And I think if I'm honest, I probably wasn't sure that I was going to like that because I do think you know, from my own personal taste, I'm very, very drawn to, you know, how do they initially fall in love? How do they meet and fall in love? Those are the stories that I do get drawn to the most. And so I wasn't sure if I would connect with this one so much because it does have such a different angle on the romance. And so much of the romance is about reflection on the past and reflection on bad things that have happened and that they've done to each other. Um, and in the end, I actually really liked that because it did make the drama feel quite different and interesting. And I feel like the things that it had to say were maybe fresh, I think. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so the casting for this one, uh, I guess I'll run through it now. I forgot to look up what everyone was in, but uh, I know some of them, obviously. So the male lead is played by the actor Teushik, and he plays a character called Teom. So I'm pretty sure that I read um, some sort of like thing. I read a thing. No, I mean like an article or whatever, where the writer of this drama, I think if I'm right, said they actually wrote this part specifically with Teushik, the actor in mind, which makes a lot of sense to me because I think he's just so perfectly cast as this kind of 
very sweet, but just sort of a little bit listless, affable, very charming, but slightly disconnected guy. Like he's so good in this role. I really, really love this actor. So let's see. Uh, he has been, he's actually been in more movies and has had some smaller roles in dramas. I think the very first drama that I ever saw or thing I ever saw this actor Teo Shikin was a K-drama from 2014 called Pride and Prejudice and it is a, a law thriller crime drama starring the actor Teo Jin Hyuk, yeah, Jin Hyuk. Uh, and Pride and Prejudice is actually one that I very, very much so enjoyed at the time. And the actor uh, Sheik had kind of like a side role and a side romance in it. And I remember being very, very taken by him and his character and really liking him in that. Um, and since then, he's been in a load of things. But uh, so he started in a drama called Hogu's Love from 2015, which was okay. I don't think I finished that one. I think it's like had some weird stuff. Anyway, uh, he had a weird cameo in Fight for My Way, which is the Kim Ji Won and Park So Joon drama from 2017, and another bit role in The Package from 2017, and now this drama, Our Beloved Summer. But of course, he's extremely famous for having starred in a lot of movies and, you know, pretty much parasite where he plays part of the core family um, and particularly I also loved him in the movie Time to Hunt from 2020 which is like man if you like thrillers watch Time to Hunt it is so good I really really liked it uh, so that is the actor Teo Shik. So Kim Da Mi is an actress that I have really only seen before in one thing, and that is Itaewon Class. And I've just looked up her list of stuff she's done, and that's literally the only other drama that she's been in. But she has been in some movies. Uh, she was actually in The Witch Part 1, The Subversion, which is a movie from 2018, and she actually stars in that with the actor Teo Shik. So this is actually a reunion reunion Re reunion for these two actors um so yeah my one experience with the actress Kim Dami was from Itaewon class and that was an interesting one because I feel like she very much so not her obviously she's a great actress she's lovely her character I feel like was quite polarizing with fans of Itaewon class Itaewon class was a fantastic drama Though every time I think of it, I cannot for the life of me figure out why it was good because it sounds so boring on paper. And every time I remember it, I'm like, Park So Joon is trying to make a chicken pub so that he can get back at a chicken conglomerate. This sounds really, really boring. It's all about business. Um, sorry, if you love business, business is great. It makes the world go around. But for some reason, I'm just not that excited about watching dramas about business endeavors and yet Itaewon class was pure joy to watch and I loved it um and wow I'm really just I'm waffling on aren't I um anyway Kim Dami's character in Itaewon class was complicated she was not a nice girl but she was very interesting and I think in the end I quite liked her in that um the character I mean I thought the actress did a fantastic job um but I quite liked the character as well just because she was quite complicated very prickly um but very interesting kind of debut for her because I think it was such a polarizing role uh, so the second male lead in Our Beloved Summer is played by an actor called Kim Song Tol I, I'm like, have I seen this dude before? 
apparently he was in Sweet Home. Oh, that's where I've seen him before. Uh, I do remember him because, I, uh, man, I just totally recognized his face. I was like, who is this dude? I didn't look him up until now, right at this very moment. You're getting real time surprise from me. Uh, so this actor had a kind of a small role, I think, in the 2020 Netflix horror drama Sweet Home. Um, and I'm guess I won't say it because I'm pretty sure he pops up at the end as a bit of an interesting spoiler. Um, and apparently since then, he's been in Vincenzo, uh, maybe just a cameo role, which I haven't watched yet. I do want to watch Vincenzo. Uh, he was also had a cameo role in Racket Boys from 2021. Another drama I've heard is very good that I haven't watched. And now Our Beloved Summer. He has also been in some movies that I also haven't seen, including Kim Ji Yong, born 1980 from 2019, which is a book I've read, but not a movie that I've seen. So anyway, I really liked him. Uh, I think he's got a lot of presence and he's got an interesting face. He's very handsome, but it's also interesting, which always works for me. Uh, so yeah, I really liked him. I thought he was good. Um, and then the second female lead is played by an actress or a K-pop? An actress. Oh, goodness. I just made an assumption because she plays a K-pop singer in the drama. And I was like, she's clearly a okay. K. She's not. She's an actress. Um, very cute woman. Uh, and her name is Ro Jong-yi. Oh, no. No Jong-yi. Hmm. Um, and she has been in, wow, she was in Dear M from 2021, which I believe is the drama that never aired. Uh, and she was also in 18 again in 2020 and a few of the things that I've actually seen, I did actually recognize her face. And now I'm realizing I did recognize her from live up to your name from 2017. Um, the time travel drama. Um, I believe she plays one of the patients. Yes. I really recognize her now. Uh, so I really liked her, this actress, the second female lead. Um, she felt very disconnected from the main plot. But I guess her character was interesting and she's super pretty. So I guess it's fine. There's a whole bunch of other characters um, and actors in this one, but I won't go through them all because, you know, there's a million. So many. Um, so should you watch Our Beloved Summer? Um, yeah, I think so. I think this one is worth your time. I think it is. I think it's kind of lovely, actually. And I think if you have time like it's a little bit slower I want to say but I think there's something about it that does feel kind of like escapism because even though the like the characters in the drama are dealing with a lot of emotional shit and they're having a pretty hard time sometimes there is something very warm about this drama that makes it feel like comfort food to me like escapism and you know when the world's tough, we all need a bit of escapism. You need something kind of nice and nutritious to chomp on. That's a weird analogy, wasn't it? Um, don't eat Our Beloved Summer. It is a K-drama. Don't try and eat it. Um, but I reckon do watch it because I thought it was, I think it's pretty good. I really, 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 really liked it. Um, and I think, oh, I think the main couple vibes particularly just really, really worked for me until, you know, they got together. And then I was like, huh, they got together already. I'm done. But I wasn't done. I did watch till the end and I very much enjoyed it. All right. I'm going to stop waffling about this and come back in a second and waffle about something else, which is the setup of um, our beloved summer from 2022.
I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about the plot of our beloved summer and just the setup. Um, so this one, the kind of, I guess, the framework of the drama and what brings our couple back together after breaking up is a documentary. So I really loved this. Um, I thought it was really, really cute I guess seeing the documentary of these two at high school um, and the drama really opens with that kind of background which I just loved um, to the point where I really feel like I could have watched a whole entire drama just about them at high school with a documentary happening I think that would have been so much fun maybe this whole drama could have been told in two parts like two full-length dramas where we like go through the high school stuff and the documentary and see them get together and that's the end of the first one and then this one is all about you know, five years after their breakup, how they get back together. Um, I would totally watch that. I really, really liked these characters. Um, so the concept of the documentary is that a documentary film crew or whatever have gone to this high school um, and have requested to, for three months, film like the daily activities of the best student in the school and the worst and, you know, shove them together and film what happens. I'm not entirely sure what... <laughs> like are they I think it's something to do with like like maybe a social experiment to see whether you know the the worst student in the school improves because they're around you know a high achiever maybe that's what it is I don't really know anyway um two students get approached one is our female lead played by the actress Kim Dami and her character is Guk Yeonsu so Yonsu gets, uh, she is, you know, the highest achiever. She's number one um, and, you know, getting the best marks in the entire school. She is also, she's not, but she would be described by others as cold and, you know, unemotional, beautiful, but like she doesn't talk to people, you know, she just works. She just does her stuff and she's cool and calm and very like apart, I want to say. Um, and then the worst student in the entire school is our male lead, played by the actor Tae Sheik, and his character is Cheung. Um, and Cheung is, you know, he's just, well, no, I guess I was going to say he's just typical, like, but he's not really because he's, he's a dreamer. That's what he is. He's not a troublemaker, but he's a dreamer. And he, you know, he sits around doodling and drawing and he likes illustrating. He likes art. Um, but mainly he sleeps in class and he, his whole dream, which he says multiple times throughout the drama is basically to live a quiet life where he gets to nap in the afternoons. And I think is it lie in the sun in the, in the day and lie under a lamp at night. And I don't know, I feel like it's kind of an interesting theme, I suppose, of the drama that when that idea of his dream gets introduced, eventually it does cause some problems between him and Yonsu, just sort of skipping ahead here to some of the reasons that they end up breaking up, because they do come from very, very different worlds. And for instance, you know, he has parents that can pave a way for his future. Like even if nothing ever happens for him, he doesn't have to worry about um, paying for university and things like that. While Yonsu is a very, you know, she's very extremely ambitious, but she also comes from, you know, a very dirt poor background, a lot of strain and pressure because of that. Her parents are out of the picture. She lives with her elderly grandmother and 
it is interesting because I think Yeonsu, she comes across as so cool and collected and in control and calm, but really on the inside, particularly as, you know, her and Cheung kind of form a relationship and go to university together, um, she has a lot of self-doubt and a lot of vulnerability, I think, particularly around that background, around the fact that she is poor and I think she has sort of like what is it like a bit of an inferiority complex around it um and I do think it's very interesting the way the inner worlds of these two characters and how they sort of clash against each other because they don't really communicate about these these feelings like why they are the way that they are but there's a lot of I guess a lot of conflict that it causes in the way they think about each other. Um, more so, for instance, Yonsu feeling like Taeung is almost having this charmed life, that he has this beautiful existence, that he is, you know, living a safe, warm time, and that by being with her, she feels that eventually that might crash and burn for him. I think is my impression the idea that she believes that at some point, as time goes by, Taeyong will realize that she spoiled goods. I think that's kind of what she's got inside her. She has such an inferiority, like putting herself down because of her background. Even though she's worked so hard, she's tried so hard, but I feel like she thinks that at some point it's going to poison things between them. And that's why she cuts things off with Taeyong. I really just jumped around there, but I do think they're very fascinating characters and I did really like the very slow reveal of the way that they are and they, they're kind of in a world because, you know, in the first episode, you kind of see them as teens, you know, you see them meeting and it's immediate, like absolute enemies. They do not like each other. Um, she just thinks he's, you know, useless and that he's lazy, doesn't try to do anything. And he finds her just like a lot. She is a lot. <laughs> um, and so they just bicker, they bicker constantly, which is an absolute fucking joy to watch. Like their chemistry is so good. And seeing all the hilarious interviews at, during this documentary when they're in high school and both of them, you know, just like spitting insults at each other and, and just like really getting in each other's faces about stuff. But at the same time, you know, chasing each other around, yelling at each other. But it's all you can tell that even though it's all guised as I hate you and we're going to yell at each other and bicker all the time. They're both having a lot of fun. You know, I get the impression that Yonsu is so concentrating on her schoolwork and her ambition and her very, very tough home life where she has to shoulder, you know, a lot of responsibility for her household and her grandma and her future um, that I get the impression like she doesn't have connections. She doesn't really have a lot of emotional support outside her grandma. Like, um, she doesn't really have friends. She doesn't really have downtime. She doesn't have fun. And so suddenly being sort of forced into the proximity of this boy who's so different from her, but also that when she sort of, you know, looks down on him and says something cutting, he, you know, he just comes straight back at her and it's very, very funny. And yeah, it really gets to a point where they're like, you know, spraying water at each other and chasing each other around and just, it's very 
very charming actually I really loved it I really honestly could have watched an entire drama of them just like being ridiculous bickering high school students and eventually you know falling in love at the very end of the documentary filming so we understand that the documentary goes out into the world and for a while you know these two sort of get known um and I really get this like I feel like there's something so charming when you see those I don't mean reality TV, but like, you need to see clips sometimes of say a couple or just two people that don't know they're getting filmed. I don't know why these things go viral all the time on the internet, but I guess they do. And there is something very charming. Like I feel like you could totally, I guess what I'm trying to say is I totally get why over the next 10 years, this documentary just, you know, gains popularity to the point where after 10 years, it completely goes viral again. And everyone's watching it. Everyone's charmed by them. And even though nothing about their romance is shown in the documentary, everyone is shipping them together. Everyone is speculating that maybe they're falling in love because people can see it. You know, the, the bickering, there's something there beneath it all. So it's all very charming. Um, but of course, eventually, as the drama progresses, we realize that, yes, they fell in love. They kissed on, I think, the very last day of filming. They've obviously been together. They go off to, you know, have a campus romance university together and then they break up. Um, but it sounds like their romance is pretty rocky. They yell and scream at each other a lot um, and break up a lot and then get back together. But this time, you know, Yonsu, she really just says we're breaking up. She walks away. And that's it, like it's done. And it really, really cuts Taeyong like to the bone. And I think you don't even realize at first how absolutely damaged this has really made him. Like it's a huge gaping wound that he has, the fact that she left him so abruptly and that he still really, really doesn't know why. Like it's a huge hurt for him that really like broke my heart. Like, oh, yeah, it was, it was really sad. Actually, I felt very bad for him. But at the same time, on the flip side, eventually we delve into why Yonsu did that, because it seems kind of hard and cold and cruel when you're first presented with the breakup, with her seemingly being completely fine, like, you know, just getting on with life and not even caring. But eventually, you know, the drama goes back and fills in these gaps. And we realize that she did it because of this thing inside her that feels like I don't know what, that she's less than other people and less than him because she's struggling so hard. And we find out that right at that time, her and her grandmother are undergoing extreme financial stress and pressure. I think they have to move out of their house. I Maybe the drama said that they're like, you know, I guess that means they're homeless for a while or, you know, like going somewhere really crappy to live before they can get back and back on their feet. So she's going through a lot of stress. And the sad thing about it is... You know from watching the drama that if Yonsu had just said to Taeyong, like, I'm in trouble, like, I need help, like, you know, he would have been there for her emotionally and looked after her and none of her fears around poisoning their relationship or him liking her less if he sees her not so in control of herself and her future, um, none of that would have ever eventuated and it does make it really sad, I think, to watch all these interactions and be able to see things from both points of view because they never do. You know, they never really understand each other in the aftermath of this breakup and both are so utterly hurt 
by each other because of how everything goes down. But we do, you know, get the gaps filled in. We see that Yonsu was absolutely destroyed by the breakup. She really felt like she'd made a terrible mistake, but she also has this thing where she can't go back because now she feels like she's been cruel and hurt him. So what can she do? You know, she can't backtrack from that. It's done. Um, so we see that she cries all the time and, you know, it takes her a long time to pick herself back up. But it also, you know, when we catch back up with her, kind of where the drama starts, but, you know, it's not exactly linear the way the story is told. You know, she seems cold and disconnected and very just like workaholic really majorly and you know she doesn't seem to have a very warm relationship with all her colleagues like you know she's not super friendly she's just a workaholic and she's extremely good at her job and but I think is sort of maybe entering a bit of a crisis stage where her entire world has been about you know, doing well at school so she can go to uni, doing well at uni so she can get into a good company, doing well at that company so she can get into a better company. But now she's working, she's making money, like she's financially secure. And I think this is the point where she's maybe kind of dug herself into a hole with her daily routines and is finally getting to a point where she's realizing, you know, that her life is a little bit soulless, that she's missing something that maybe she had back when she was with Cheong. And just because I'm going to forget later, if I don't mention it now, there was um, kind of like a, a montage that I particularly loved where all through I, one of the episodes, I don't know where, um, as their romance, you know, is kind of getting filled out up to their breakup, we kind of see them on the campus and we see Taeyong, I think in the documentary, you know, the, cause they, they meet up, sorry, this is really confusing. So after five years after they break up the documentary, because the documentary has from their high school has been so utterly popular, the documentary crew comes back and, you know, through all sorts of different reasons, eventually forces them or they, you know, reluctantly agree to film a new documentary, like a 10 years later, where are they now kind of a documentary. And at this point, they both hate each other. They're like really, really cranky at each other. They have so much baggage. Mainly he's furious with her because she broke up with him and walked away and he, it completely ruined his life basically. And she seems fine as far as he can see. So he's very upset about this as well, which of course, as a watcher of the drama, you know she's not okay. So as they're filming this new documentary, the documentary is obviously asking, you know, asking Taeyong to tell the audience what he thinks about Yeonsu. And so he says all these things about her, all these things he doesn't like about her. And, you know, he's like, oh, she's really harsh, you know, like she says insults or whatever. And, and as he's telling all these different kind of attributes that he hates about her, we keep seeing them as a couple um, on campus back when they were together five years or so earlier. And we keep seeing her like just be really, really rude to him or to other people or, you know, doing really mean things or, and the one particular one that really, that I'm, I guess I'm remembering, but there were so many and I really liked this so much. And she really comes across as a horrible person, like throughout all these montages, you're like, yeah, like how does this, how do these two as a couple work? Like she's so mean, you know, and he's just so affable and just sort of like getting poked by her all the time. Um, but there's this one, I guess, just as an example that I really liked is we kind of see Taeyong trying to hold Yonsu back and she's just like yelling at, I think it's like two or three senior boys, um, at university and she's, you know, she's insulting them. She's being really rude and they're kind of like, you know, where you're, you know, 
what like sunbays or whatever like your elders and you know hire older students and you should be you know more respectful and she's just being so rude and then later in the show we get this flip and Taeyong finally admits that on the outside Yonsu appears to be cold and aloof and rude and you know horrible or whatever but the thing that he loved about her was that he saw the other side of her. He saw who she really was. And so then we get all those same montage of scenes which showed her in such a horrible light and we now see the full information and get to see her as he's seen her, which of course is, you know, she's being rude to these senior boys at university because they were picking on Taeong and she's standing up for him and like she's going to town on them. But these guys were harassing her boyfriend. So she's, you know, she's being amazing. And I loved it. It was so charming. And like, you know, we kind of see a flashback to them in school and something like, you know, her getting really rude to a fellow student who wanted to borrow her notes. And she like rips up her notes and is really like, you know, if you're not going to do the work in class, like I'm not going to help you. That's really rude. But then we flip to, you know, later that day, Yonsu and Taeung in the library and she's like taped the notes back together and has given them to him. And so like always this, I don't know, just these little quiet moments, almost like when no one else is looking or no one else is aware, they have this really lovely relationship and they have this connection. But of course, this all leads up to, I think this point where Yonsu is under an extreme, extreme amount of stress um, financially and at home and stuff, as well as just her general life stress, because she's got it pretty tough, this girl. And Taeung, I think, has been offered a really intensely amazing art scholarship in like Paris or something. And it's a few years. And as far as he's concerned, he doesn't care about anything except living a nice life day to day, which is what he's doing. And he cares about Yonsu. He doesn't want to go overseas for multiple years unless she comes with him. And I think he quite likes the idea of her coming with him. But other than that, he's not very interested in going. And she kind of asks him about it, you know, like, are you going to go to Paris? And he's kind of like, no, like, you know me, my dream is just to sleep in the sunshine and lie around under a lamp at night. But there's something about that, I think, that just cuts her that particular day because I think it's this idea that he could be given such a prestigious opportunity but he's lived such a charmed life that he doesn't even think twice about turning down what someone else might work themselves to the bone for like might die for and I think her included you know um and I think it just hones in on the differences between them and it makes her feel I don't know small maybe I'm not really sure but that's kind of leads to the breakup which is very complicated because I do also get the impression that Yonsu feels that if they break up he'll probably go and she kind of feels like you know, if they don't have any ties anymore, she would sort of be, what, freeing him to go and live his dreams. But what she doesn't realize, of course, is that his dream is her. Like, he's happy. He's actually happy just to be with her. That's what he wants in life. Um, and of course, Taeong, we discover a lot later in the drama, hasn't lived as fucking charmed a life as everyone around him thinks he has. And I think that people really misinterpret him. And I think judge him harshly because he has 
you know, parents that love him and coddle him and treat him well, that he gets along with, that, you know, his parents are, you know, they work hard, but they're quite wealthy. They own multiple restaurants and, you know, he he can do whatever or he can do nothing and he'll always be okay because he comes from this family that just fucking adore him and he'll always have a future. You know, they'll always be there to support him. And I think people do kind of judge him really harshly for this, which I think sort of sucks, you know? I mean, even if he didn't have a sad sob story that is like the reveal that maybe his life hasn't been as easy as everyone thinks, I still feel like that's really unfair to judge him for being happy. Like, it, I don't know, it kind of just, it kind of niggled me actually like it didn't niggle me when I was watching the drama but at the very end with the way his sort of emotional arc you know uh tell now male leads emotional arc culminates at the end of the story which is when I feel like the drama starts trying to say that his simple dream wasn't enough isn't enough that it's not good enough that it's empty I don't know if I'm misinterpreting that, but that was kind of, I just had a, a slight issue with the way his dream and yeah, that stuff culminated at the end. I think I'll talk about that when I get to like kind of going into a bit more depth about the ending. But, and when I was watching the drama, it didn't really bother me. And I do understand why Yonsu might have that reaction to him. She has to work so hard and struggle so hard for things that he just has, you know, that he doesn't even really from her point of view, that he doesn't even realize he has. But of course, as the drama progresses, we realize that he's very, very aware how lucky he is. And he also is in a precarious situation himself. We find out later that uh, Taewong actually, you know, his parents are not his biological parents. They've adopted him. Um, I don't know how old he was, but he has barely any memories of his childhood. Like, I think he's like, what, like eight or something. I can never tell how old small children are. He's very cute. He's just a small, cute baby child. Um, and basically his dad takes him to the street at night, like just some random street in the city. And is like, hey, lie down here on the bitumen and have a little look at this tall building. Isn't that cool? And, you know see you later and he just fucking walks off and you know clearly he's a single dad he can't handle he just cannot handle raising his son and he just pisses off and leaves him so Taeyong has like major baggage around being left behind around being deserted and as you can imagine you know, this is something he hasn't yet shared with Yonsu, and it's something that we as viewers don't know until him and Yonsu finally work out their differences and get back together a lot later in the drama, and he finally feels brave enough to share it. But it really, really hit home to me that Taeong is... He has a lot more emotional damage than I think the people around him realize because he's just such a sweetheart. Like, he's so sweet. And people really judge him, I think, in some ways, like he's living some charmed life, which, oh, so unfair. I feel, I really, really loved his character. Like he is such a sweetheart. I think it's one of those things where you just want to protect him. Like you just want to help him. You want to give him a hug and be like, how dare the world be mean to this man? Like he is such a sweetheart. He just deserves to live a little sweet life and be happy. Like I don't, yes. Anyway, <laughs> very upset. Um, but yeah, so he, he, 
the problem is then, of course, that Yonsu has the ultimate betrayal of Cheong. As far as Cheong can see, you know, she left him behind. She deserted him. And the problem is that he doesn't know why, you know, like if she came and explained to him, there's this, you know, deep issue with her that she didn't feel good enough, that she was under all this financial stress, that all these problems were happening, but you know, they don't communicate this stuff. So he's just left with this hole in his heart that, you know, really drives back to this experience as a child of being left behind again. Um, which, you know, I think again, really hits home this idea of just living his small life and just being happy in the moment because maybe he doesn't really feel, you know, he probably just feels like things are so transitory, you know, you just enjoy things as they are while they're like that, because you have no control over what happens next and who walks in and out of your life. So I really understood, I think his view on life in the world. And I really liked him for it. I just thought he was a very, very lovely, sweet character. Really good. Um, so I've just been all over the place with this setup, but basically, um, you know, I guess I'll jump back in linear wise. They're, they're going to film a new documentary to mark the 10 year anniversary of this very popular one from when they were in high school. Um, everyone's so excited to see, you know, what are Taeong and Yonsu up to now? You know, do they still know each other? Did they ever date? Like everyone's very interested. And of course we see, you know, at the documentary, like the, the station or whatever, the TV and the producer station, um, the guy who gets assigned to make the documentary happens to have been at school and have been like he's Cheung's best friend he went to high school with them both and of course even though we don't realize it for quite a while as the drama progresses he has always been in love with Yonsu and you know typical second male lead never done a thing about it which you know fair enough she started dating his best friend he would have been a pretty bad dude if he had tried to do something about it um so I was kind of in two minds about all this in that silently suffering second male lead in love with a female lead silently for like well over 10 years that is so my jam fucking love it I don't know why I always just feel like heartbroken for them it's not like I enjoy the experience like it really breaks my heart so it usually works for me massively and even though I liked it in this it did I feel like it didn't fully, fully, I didn't fully feel it. Like, I feel like often my heart really, really breaks for that sort of character trope. Like, I'm just like, oh, you know, you just want to hug them. You want to save them. You want to, you know, figure out someone else for them to fall in love with so they can be happy. And in this one, I actually, like, I really liked him. So this is um, Ji-yong is his name, Kim Ji-yong, uh, played by the second male lead actor Kim Song-chol. Uh, so Kim Ji-yong, who, you know, is now a PD or a documentary dude or whatever, um, I just kept being like, I really liked him, but also what a fucking idiot to take on a project where you're going to be the, the person helming the documentary that's going to film your best friend and his ex-girlfriend who you're in love with that you haven't seen for five full years, but somehow you're still carrying a torch for her, even though you never really hung out, never really had like really deep conversations or never really shared your lives. And I just, just kind of, mm, I guess one of my favorite things about K-dramas and I mean, romance in K-dramas is I feel like 
I don't even know how they do it. They make me feel like the romance is real, like the love is real. And I feel like every listener who likes a good K-drama romance will have moments in your head where one of the two leads will look at the other one with this expression in their eyes and you know the whole story to back it up of the drama. And you just feel it inside your chest that they are in love with that person like you know it's true like you feel it it's not like the drama's telling you they're in love you know they are you feel it the drama has built that up so that you know it's true whilst in this one with the second male lead I felt like the drama was telling me he was in love with Yonsu and telling me that I should feel really upset about it and I felt upset about it to the point that I did really like him as a character, I liked him. As an actor, I really liked him. So, you know, I did feel a, a bit of sympathy for him. But I never really had that thing where I felt his emotion in my chest that I really was like, oh, like I feel that. I understand that he is in love with her. So I feel like, I don't know. And maybe it's because Kim Ji-yong in the drama, the second male lead, he's quite a... He's a little bit closed off, I think, with his emotions to the point where until you find out that he's actually been in love with her for a very long time, we don't really know much about him at all. He's quite taciturn. He's very like just tired and exhausted. Like, he's very likable, but you don't have a lot of sort of maybe emotional stuff to really latch onto to understand who he is. Like you like everything you see about him, but you don't feel like you know him or what he's about, or what he wants from life in the way that, you know, once Taeong and Yeonsu, our, you know, main couple get characterized in this drama, you know who they are, like, you know who they are together, and you know who they are separately, and you understand their wounds and their baggage. And obviously, that stuff gets fleshed out more and more as the drama progresses. But I think with Kim Ji-yong, I really liked him. He's very likable character. And I really like, I liked all the story beats about him. And he had a lot of really harsh stuff about his own childhood and, you know, his relationship with his mother, like all these really awful things. And I, the drama told me I should feel sad. And I did feel sad up to a certain extent because those are tropes that they fucking work on me. They'll always work on me. But it didn't go, I feel like the drama didn't go that step deeper with him to make me feel that I don't know, emotional trauma that he's feeling. I don't know why I wanted to feel his emotional trauma. But, and you know, it's not that I want to feel his emotional trauma, but you know, if you're going to have a really incredible character um, that rips out your heart, which, you know, is a second male lead sort of syndrome character that rips out your heart, then I think there needs to be a bit more storytelling and emotional depth stuff um, maybe to that characterization. And, you know, maybe that's just a totally personal thing um, for me, but I just feel, yeah, anyway, that's how I felt about him. So anyway, that was a big, long blather, but um, he, Kim Ji-yong, the second male lead, basically, you know, stomps back into their lives and is like hey let's film a documentary and I'm like dude you should run you should run away from this documentary like you should not be doing this if you're in love with her this is the worst idea and it was for him it was the fucking worst idea he has like a total emotional breakdown later in the drama um because of it anyway um so and then that's it you know like they had they kind of um our 
you know, main couple get pushed together and some of their friends get kind of pushed together. And, you know, meanwhile, they're both working, they're both dealing with highs and lows in their careers, um, issues with their families, friends, as well as, you know, being in close proximity once more with someone that they have so many lingering emotions for and, un, you know, tangled up conflict between them that really needs to get untangled it really needs to get sort kind of sorted out and you know the truth is that it's very obvious very clear in the drama that Taehyung is still in love with her um he is more outwardly emotional and um uh, more outwardly open about the fact that he has been very emotionally hurt by her so he's very lashes out at her a lot because he's so angry so it's very obvious straight away that his emotions are not clean like they're not cut off like there's a and it doesn't take you long to realize that he's angry because he's hurt that she left him but that doesn't mean that he ever stopped loving her at any point and so you know he starts I want to say hitting on her <laughs> he's sort of hitting on her but it's in a more you know slow and romantic kind of way the slow progression of him hitting on her um and on her side it takes us a lot longer to understand how she feels yonsu um we really don't know like was she able to just break up with him and cut her emotions clean off and of course later on little by little we realize this is not the case at all that she also never really stopped loving him but has a better control over her outward sort of actions than Taeyong will ever have um, and then the drama progresses from there um, with lots of complications from the second male lead and a second female lead who just pops on in there and starts hitting on Taeyong um, and, you know, lots of general mayhem, um, but also, you know, quiet mayhem, kind of slice of life mayhem. <laughs> I'm going to talk about some stuff I loved, um, which, you know, I've already covered some of it, so I'll maybe just add some extra stuff. Alright, so here we go, stuff that I loved a lot about our beloved summer. Um, like I said, the high school bickering at the start, like all the high school stuff was just cute as. It was so much fun. I loved the kind of natural chemistry of two opposites kind of attracting and, and just bickering their way into understanding each other it was just adorable I honestly could have watched a whole drama with that whole the setup of the documentary I was perfect um I think my favorite thing about the drama one of my favorite things there's a lot I liked about the drama uh just this very soft vibes like the aesthetic of the way this drama looks um you know when it's summer it's kind of just got this fuzzy warmth to it when it's autumn or winter it's got this cozy warmth to it like everything's just very aesthetically pleasing like Taeyong's house is just you know beautiful the feel of it's really nice like his studio like all these scenes of him you know, just doing his artwork and, and sitting there for hours. And I don't know. It, yeah, there's just something about the feel of this drama that I just really loved, like the way the neighborhood is depicted, the way his family is depicted, like very, very charming, I think, and very pretty to look at. Um, I don't know, is that the camera work or just the scenery? I really liked it. I thought it was really beautiful. Um, I absolutely love Taehyung in this. Like, it makes so much sense to me that 
you know, if the writer of this really wrote this part with him in mind, because I just think he embodies it so well. Like he's so sweet and charming, but he's also able to be, you know, very swoony and, you know, proper male lead hero kind of material as well as just being so soft and sweet and like fluttery as well, if that makes sense. So warm. Also, this man, like seriously, this actor, he has the longest eyelashes in the whole world, which I don't know, that works for me. I think he's very, very pretty, um, but just in such a sweet way. He's so sweet and handsome. So yes, I really like this actor though. <laughs> um, his character for me was just such a sweetheart. I really liked him. I liked him a lot. Um, I thought his sad backstory was just heartbreaking when you finally realize, oh, you just realize that everyone's so wrong about the way they think of him, you know, as this perfect boy, this golden boy, this boy who has everything easy, you know, and the fact that he doesn't even tell people about this thing in his life, you know, keeps it to himself and even pretends to his parents really that he doesn't realize that you know they had a son before him who died and that's why they've adopted him and he has this this awful awful thing where he almost you know he says that he feels like he's living someone else's life you know and I just it made me so sad for him to have gone through all that but then, you know, obviously so many of the main characters in this have gone through a lot of horrible, horrible things in their childhood and a lot of pressures and problems. And Taewon kind of lands in this really wonderful position, but that doesn't take away from this kind of core of hurt, I think, that, and I felt so sorry for him as the drama progressed more and more and it became clearer and clearer to me that Yonsu breaking up with him how she does which again that's not her fault like she was only doing what she could do at that time and was going through all her own crap and she wasn't brave enough I think to reach out for him in that moment which would I think have solved things if she could have spoken to him honestly but I also it made so much sense that she couldn't like that's a very courageous and terrifying step to truly strip yourself bare emotionally in front of someone else and she couldn't do it and I think you know she obviously regrets this hugely later but I think the damage that it really does to Cheung really just hit home with me as the drama progressed particularly towards the end because even after they get back together and they're both trying so hard to make it work and things are going really well. They're kind of meeting in the middle. They're talking, they're connecting. They're both really in love and want this to work. And when he kind of like, you know, the hook at the end of the episode towards the end and he kind of says to her, like, you know, why did we break up? And you're like, even though they're back together, even though he knows she loves him, like it's still a wound. It's still this unexplainable problem in his life that makes him feel like less. And it, I don't know, when he asks that, even when things are going so well, the, the fact that he can't put this aside just really, really hurt my heart. So yeah, I really loved his character. I thought he was just fantastical. Is that a word? It is now. Uh, so I loved art, you know, him doing all his art. I loved his, his drawings. I loved all those vibes. Um, another thing I absolutely adored about Strummer was the fucking music. Oh my gosh. So the soundtrack of this was, I just, it has so many beautiful songs. So one of my favorites, I'm just going to list them all at you guys, uh, the ones that made it onto my playlists. Um, my favorite one is called Summer Rain by um, an artist called Sam Kim. 
And Summer Rain, the verse is okay, but there's like this, this recurrent or like this chorus thing. I don't know what it is. And it's just the most beautiful thing I reckon I have ever heard. So not like the verse. So listen to Summer Rain by Sam Kim and then just be like, yeah, whatever about the verse, which is just very quiet. And then when the music swells and this artist's like absolutely beautiful voice starts singing that, you know, I don't know, a bridge chorus, whatever the fuck it is. It is the most beautiful thing. Like it just makes me close my eyes and like want to die, but like in a good way. <laughs> um, and then the other ones I really liked was um, the one that's actually called Our Beloved Summer by Kim Kong Hee and also Red String of Fate by Kim Kong Hee. I liked both of those very much. And also Christmas Tree by V, um, which was beautiful. What a beautiful voice that man has. Um, so yeah, lovely. I The soundtrack, you know, I'm weird about K-pop. I don't always love it. I've got to admit it. Um, I listen to a lot of K R and B, um, so like, yeah, K R and B. I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> so the more like pop tune ones aren't always so much to my taste, and that's just because you know that's where my musical taste kind of runs a little bit towards uh, more towards you know acoustic stuff or singer-songwriter stuff or like R and B and rap and that kind. It's just personal. But these ones I loved. I just thought they were beautiful. And just the vibes that they lend to this entire show. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. So yeah, I loved it. Um, what else? Uh, I really like Kim Dami's character. So the actress. Um, but her character Yonsu a lot as well. Um, I liked her because I felt like she was very complicated. And I felt like it takes a while to get to know her in this drama because I feel like because, she, you know, her whole character is to be very aloof and disconnected and cool and calm and in control. And it takes you a little bit longer to understand her. And I kind of like that because you feel like it's you feel like she's a bit of a mystery and bit by bit you get the clues to to realize that she's not as put together as what you think at the start of the drama. And ah. Uh, and that maybe she's even realizing she's not as happy as she kind of thought maybe she was as well. And that maybe those things do matter a lot more to her than she sort of thought, you know. Um, and also that seeing Taeyong again is not something that she can just be indifferent about. It is actually, you know, a big, big deal. <laughs> so, yeah, I really liked her. I liked her relationship with her grandma. I like delving into her past and just the pressures that have been put on her and just getting that opportunity to kind of see beneath this kind of exterior front or mask that I feel like she puts on. I, I, I really liked it. Um, so I really loved uh, Taeyong's parents. So sweet and lovely. Again, really like the second male lead. And, you know, I went on a lot about some things that I felt about his character that I wanted more fleshed out or, you know, not feeling it. But at the same time, I really liked this actor and I really liked the character. I mean, the character was literally just a list of sort of sad second male lead tropes that are just, you know, they work. <laughs> they work for me. So I still really, really liked him, even though I complained. Um, I also absolutely love Cheung's manager. So this is played by um, an actor called An dong and his character was Unho. So he's just, you know, Taeyong's sort of artist manager guy. And he's just funny and charming and just a very nice sort of upbeat, you know, kind of quirky dude to have his personality, I suppose, in the mix. And then uh, 
Yeonsu, a female lead, she has a best friend called Sol Yi, and she's played by an actress called Park Jin Ju, who's a very familiar face to me, who I've seen in lots of stuff. And again, I loved the addition of this character in the drama. I just thought she was so fun, and I loved her relationship with Yeonsu, which is basically them just kind of being mean to each other, but in this very charming way. I really, really liked both of them. They're very different to each other, but they just, I liked their friendship a lot. I thought it was very cool. Um, and then, you know, I really, it looks like I've said, I love the documents. I feel like I've said, love the documentary, not the documents. I don't know. Maybe I did love the documents. What documents? What a mystery. <laughs> um, I just loved watching our main couple fall in love. Um, you know, they go on a trip. Uh, everyone in the documentary goes on a trip and it's all getting very complicated. They're barely speaking. And then, you know, there's all these little moments you know, where their relationship progresses and they're both trying so hard not to sort of reveal their hearts to each other. And yet it's just sort of have all these moments anyway, you know, he has insomnia and she's like touches his face when he's sleeping or holds his hand. And, and then, you know, he walks up to her in the rain and, you know, it would have been perfect. He walks up to her in the rain, he kisses her. And I would have been like swoon. And I was, I was like swoon. But then I was like, this man is wearing a turtleneck. I fucking hate turtlenecks. <laughs> Why is he wearing a turtleneck? I swear it's one of the only things that I don't like about dramas that are set in like autumn or winter is that I have to see all these unbelievably handsome men wearing turtlenecks. <laughs> and look, I know this is a personal taste thing and maybe you're wearing a turtleneck as you listen to this. I'm sure that yours looks fucking fantastic. Um, but unfortunately, I just don't love it when my male lead wears a turtleneck, especially for all the really swoony scenes. I don't know why. I just want to see that neck, you know? Neck is really important. Like eyebrows. Do you not agree? Like, bloody eyebrows just make a big difference to a man's face. And what am I saying? <laughs> I, I was actually thinking about a drama that I'm watching right now, a totally different drama. And the main dude's hair is like... It's so long that it's actually in his eyeballs and I cannot see his eyebrows at all. And I'm just like, where are they? What would he look like if I could see his eyebrows? Better, probably. He's still very handsome, whatever. But, you know, it would it could be better. I'm going to move on now. <laughs> really, really digressing, I think. Um, so I'm going to stop talking about the stuff I loved and get into a bit of the stuff that I didn't love quite as much. Next. Okay, so stuff that I didn't love as much about Our Beloved Summer. So, like I said, I love the second male lead, Jiung, but the boy was torturing himself. Like, I was like, this dude, <laughs> this dude needs to run far away. He needs to stop staring at documentary footage of this, you know, I'm doing little finger umlauts, love of his life, the love of our times, romance for our age. It wasn't like he... I. You know, they barely have a conversation. And I know it is possible to be crushing on somebody really, really hardcore, even though you've barely spoken to them. Like, obviously, I know that that's a real thing. And, you know, I've been there in particularly in high school. But I feel like 10 years after that experience, I wonder if if you just you just need to walk away. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just need to you need to do something other than torture yourself over it. Um, so I felt like, I don't know, I felt like you just need a little prod in a different direction. You needed a bit of help. Uh, that was fun. So NJ is the name of the second fam female leads character played by the actress Ro Dong Yi, 
yi, uh, which I think is actually in Hangul, like no, not ro, no jongui. Anyway, uh, her character's name is NJ. She's like a, I think she's a K-pop star. Um, she's very, very pretty. And I, the thing is, like, I really liked the character. She's very quirky. She's quite funny. She's quite. I don't know, she's quite charming in a very quirky sort of way and she sort of, you know, comes across uh, Taeyong's artwork and, you know, keeps turning up into his life and clearly is falling in love with him. But in saying that I really liked her, I did feel like she felt very disconnected from the actual story to the point where I felt like she almost felt like filler material because she had so little impact on anything in the end because Taehong like there's some petty jealousy obviously because she keeps popping up so there's a little bit of petty jealousy on you know Yonsu's side that maybe that drives her emotions forward a little bit because she has to you know realize that you know she likes Taehong otherwise why would she be jealous but I just felt like NJ as the second female lead her impact on the main story felt very very minimal um, and she just didn't feel integrated into it in the same way that, say, like the manager guy did and Yonsu's best friend, Sol Yi, still felt like, even though they have their own side separate things going on, they felt like a bigger part of, like an interwoven part of the main narrative. Well, I felt like scenes with NJ just felt like you could maybe just remove them and it would have no impact on the main stuff that was going on. It didn't really bother me. It was more just when I finished watching, I was kind of like, huh. You know, that was weird. I, I even wonder why she was in that kind of in retrospect. But while I was watching it, I didn't really have a problem with it because the actress is charming and she's very pretty and she's likable. Uh, so, you know, she's easy to watch, I guess is what I mean. Um, like I said at the start of this big waffle, I did feel like for me personally that some steam was lost when um, Taehong and Yeonsu get together. But again, that's just such a personal thing. And I know other K-drama fans absolutely love to have those kind of episodes or scenes after the characters get together where you do get that sort of, you get to see what their relationship is like. You get to see them being sweet with each other. You get to see them, you know, going on dates and doing sweet things. And I have no fucking idea why that doesn't really work for me or why it always just makes me feel like like a I don't know like something you know the pin's been pulled and steam sort of leaking out it's just how it feels to me um so I kind of got that a little bit even though these two there's still a lot of tension because they have a lot of emotional shit to work through but I just probably wasn't as charmed by although I was a little bit <laughs> I was actually a little bit charmed by their sweet scenes together because it was quite nice to get to see that, but I also, yeah, I also wasn't, you know, eating the episodes up quite as fast as I was when I was waiting for them to get together. So I'm kind of in two minds about it when I think about it. Um, I quite enjoyed watching them have a relationship um, and figure out how things are different now to how they were the last time they were together. But it certainly took me a lot longer to get through that part of the drama. Uh, so anyway, that's just me. <laughs> um, what have I said here? Oh, I felt like some other things kind of petered out at the end, actually. Yeah. So there's a time jump of a year, more than a year. Yeah, more than a year. Because um, Taeyong has to go off and study in Paris finally. 
uh, and decides to go. So he, you know, fucks off to France <laughs> and leaves Yonsu because she doesn't want to go. Fair enough. She's got a life. She's got a job. She's got a best friend. She's a very busy lady. Um, and so there's kind of like some time skip stuff, which is fine. That wasn't really so much a problem. But what I didn't like was we kind of time skip. So we don't know what the second male lead Kim Jong has been up to for the last however many years. And suddenly, so the whole drama, he has a work colleague who's this young woman who is clearly completely enamored with him, crushing on him hardcore, you know, trying to look after him as best she can because he's so fucking self-destructive, this man. Um, you know, trying to make him sleep, trying to make him eat, trying to make him go home. And she's lovely. Like, she's such a nice support for him. And she's obviously in love with him, but she never says anything. And everyone else in the office seems to know, but he doesn't know. And then we kind of have this time skip and suddenly she just sort of says it in this, you know, it's very sweet. She's just kind of like, oh, I just want you to know that, you know, I really like you. And he just sort of has a little smile. And I'm like, I don't know, like their relationship really mattered to me when I was watching the whole drama. But then the confession just felt so disconnected it almost felt like a little tag on, like it didn't have any of the, the chemistry or the, the build up. Like, I feel like, again, it just, it was like, um, <laughs> so I just keep using this, like the steam just sort of went out of it. Uh, you keep using that analogy, but that's really how it made me feel like it just felt like a little side thing, but we never, I don't know. It just felt inconsequential the end of it did, even though the rest of it didn't at all. I really cared about both of them and I really hoped that he would be able to see her in a different light and that maybe, you know, she could be his happy ending. But yeah, I didn't really love the just the sort of throwawayness of the culmination of that whole storyline just felt like maybe it just felt like not enough attention was given to something that was teased for a very, very long time as something important. And then in the end was just sort of like, oh yeah, and, and this thing happened, whatever. And I kind of felt the same for the other sort of side couple, which is, um, you know, Cheung's manager buddy, who's his, you know, art manager guy. Um, so his character's name is Unho, but we'll just call him the manager. And Sol Yi, which is Yeonsu's best friend. So Sol Yi uh, runs a bar fucking hilarious. I really enjoyed her. And the manager guy is just always in there. He's like clearly completely into her and she sort of realized he's into her. And when the drama sort of is culminating at the end, you know, it's very, very clear that Sol Yi is 100% aware that this guy really likes her. And then we have this time skip, which is multiple years or something. And he kind of asks her out on a date and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, what have you guys literally been doing for the last three years? Like, it makes no sense that, again, this really lovely, well thought out progression of their feelings and their romance is suddenly just a little tacked on ending at the very end. But again, you know, maybe that's just me. I just I just felt like neither of those endings to those separate little hinted at romances was enough. It didn't feel satisfying to me compared to just the build up, I suppose. I felt really tacked on and like last minute, just not very thought out, maybe personally. Anyway, I'm not sure if other people just felt really different. Um, what else? So this is sort of kind of around the ending, I guess. So I kind of mentioned before that I really didn't like I feel like the drama towards the very end, it almost has this big about turn with Cheong and his sort of his dreams and in his inner world. And I never got the impression that 
the drama was looking down on him at any point throughout its run length for being a man with small dreams or what some people might consider simple dreams, you know, like the idea that all he wants is to be happy in the moment and not do a lot and just live this nice life, you know, lying in the sun and sleeping in the day and, you know, whatever, like, I just never felt like the drama was saying there was something wrong with him for having those dreams or that he was lazy or anything like that. And then it was like suddenly at the end, people, it was like they, him included and others seemed to be saying that he was, you know, that he was empty because that's all his dream was. He was missing something in his life. There was a problem in his life and that even he kind of says in some I don't know monologue or something I don't remember that because he felt like he was living this other boy's life you know his parents original dead son's life that he felt he shouldn't do anything because you know it wasn't his life he shouldn't do anything and that just didn't quite make sense to me because he does do something he's a very famous very rich artist and it was almost like the drama was kind of saying that wasn't enough. <laughs> and I was like, this guy is excelling in an area of the arts that's extremely difficult to excel in or do full time. Like, I don't understand. And it was like they're saying he's not a hard worker. And I'm like, it takes him hours to draw these things. Like, he's meticulous. He's studied. It takes him literally hours and hours because we see this in the drama at one point he doesn't sleep because he's doing his artwork like this isn't just some shitty hobby that he's doing on the side like he he's not a lazy man and I just kind of thought it was really odd and then there's this scene which I kind of think I hated which is um you know he has this night exhibition and it's this big success everyone's really loves it but then he gets two bad things happen he gets a review from a critic who says Cheong is like caught in his own world. Like he's so not connected. He's so empty. His paintings are empty of emotion because he's empty of emotion. Or something. I mean, like, look, I'm making up the exact wording here. And then this absolute like fucking asshole of an artist who's been fucking stealing Cheong's artwork for multiple years turns up and just has a go at Cheong and is all like, you're a piece of loser shit because you never, you know, you took the high ground and never called me out for stealing your work. And I'm like, dude, that's on you. That's not on Cheong. Cheong shouldn't be getting accused of letting you steal his work. Like you're the fucking asshole who stole his work. And then this fucking asshole has the absolute goal to say to Cheong, your artwork is empty empty and I'm like what the fuck do you mean it's empty you copy it you do the exact same artwork except not as good and how is Jaehyung's artwork empty like it's not popular for no reason it's beautiful like what the fuck are all these judgmental fucks <laughs> getting up and involved in Jaehyung's business and telling him what for and I just wanted to go in there and punch all of them in the throat a little bit um but I can't because they're fictional characters. It really made me mad. And then the fact that there's this scene where Cheong's kind of like, they're right. My true dream is to be an architect in France. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was, and you know, I don't mind if his dream is to be an architect in France, fucking go for it. That is a great dream. 
But there's nothing wrong with his original dream. There's nothing wrong with anything he'd been doing. And I just hated like the drama was sort of saying it wasn't enough. Or, I don't know. Maybe I misread it. Maybe I misinterpreted it. But how dare someone tell him his art is empty? Like, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> so angry. I really, it really made me angry. I mean, art is subjective. What the hell? Empty. Oh my God. What a fucker. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I'm going to stop swearing now, but I'd sleep. That really, really made me really cranky. Maybe I totally misunderstood. But like I said, this character, Taeyong, made me want to like hug him and protect him. And the whole thing of this, him just getting attacked from all angles, like, uh, yes, well, let's, let's move on. Oh, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I ended on an angry note um, because the drama did. It was very annoying. Um, anyway, I'm going to move on. I'm just going to stop talking about that because otherwise I'm going to rant into your ears for the next forever. Um, so that's it from me on Our Beloved Summer, the 16 episode gentle, beautiful romance drama from 2022. Um, the best thing about it Teoshik's uh, eyelashes? <laughs> no, no. Although his eyelashes are very pretty, I did like them. Um, I think just the vibes, the atmosphere of this one was kind of special. Um, it was like a big warm hug, even though it made me very angry at the very end. <laughs> I'll ignore that part. And the worst thing about it was just that personally for me, it slowed down at the end, and I felt that there was a couple of missteps that just I guess didn't need to be there as far as I was concerned um so yeah just personal random ranty stuff there at the end and I'm gonna stop talking about it I did really love this one I had a wonderful time with it and I think it made me feel really happy and like I said escapism you know and I think that's something pretty special I feel like Anyway, I was going to go on another rant about how sometimes people look down on romance like it doesn't have value, blah, 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 blah. This is beautiful drama. It's really good. And I think escapist stories that give you that warmth away from, you know, a hard, dark old world sometimes, like, the value of that is just huge, like, so huge. And I think this one for me really did that. It really gave me a bit of a special place for a while. And that makes me feel very grateful to our beloved summer. All right, I'm done. Thanks for listening.